I'm Alyssa, and I am all by myself right now. We are restructuring some things as a chapter, so 52 Women is on a somewhat hiatus. But seeing as how our name is 52 Women, that means we're still going to bring you a Woman of the Week each week. I'm going to talk about her in a bit, but first we have Jenny Rose, who's going to talk about some upcoming chapter events and legislation you should definitely be aware of. Take it away, Jenny Rose. Hello, everyone. So as Alyssa just discussed, I'm going to give an update on some of the things we have upcoming because March is going to be a really, really busy month for our chapter. So we want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on and has enough time to plan in advance because we'd love to see all of your smiling faces at the events we're planning. And then I'm also going to talk about some of the legislation that may need um, action on your part. There are quite a few hearings happening and, you know, Annapolis is just bustling these days. So while we're restructuring and taking our little break, we wanted to make sure that you had updates on all those things so you can still continue to follow them. So starting off with our upcoming events. So it's a very busy week in March, starting with um, the Maryland Now's Women History Conference on March 11th. It is going to be in Baltimore at the Star Spangled Banner Flag House um, right in downtown Baltimore, if any of you are familiar with the area. So that will be on Sunday. And then the following Wednesday, we do have our March chapter meeting. That will be in the Rockville Library, and we're also going to have a treasurer election at that meeting. So in order to be treasurer, you do have to have been a chapter member for 90 days. And if you know anyone who may want to be treasurer or you want to be treasurer, reach out to info at mcmdnow.org and we can provide specifications, what the job would entail, that sort of thing. But that is something that will be happening at our March 14th chapter meeting, um, again, at the Rockville Library. On March 17th, we are hosting another panel. This one focused on the Equal Rights Amendment and Women's History in celebration of Women's History Month. So we're still working out panelists. We have a lot of great possibilities and we're really excited um, planning about that where we have a flurry of activity around identifying panelists and coming up with questions and it'll just be it'll be a great time and yes it is St. Patrick's Day but the ERA and St. Patrick's Day both have the color green in common so you can dress for both and then on March 20th, this is not an event that we're planning ourselves, but um, I want to mention it because it is something that those in our chapter have been interested in seeing for quite a while. But there's a movie called Equal Means Equal, and it's about the Equal Rights Amendment. And the MoCo Women Group is actually hosting a screening of this event at the Rockville Regal on Tuesday, March 20th. They do need to sell 60 tickets in order for the event to take place. Um, I think they still have 38-ish tickets to sell, and this is February 22nd. They have until March 12th to sell those tickets, so just want to give them a shout-out. As long as the event occurs, there will be several MC Now chapter members there, myself included, and... It, it should be a good time. I think tickets are between 11 and $12, so kind of cheaper than your regular movie. And they have a whole theater. And we hope you can come out and 
and see that movie and you know help help support those efforts. Um, it I believe there it should be between movies like between seven thirty and nine, so it's not too late for a school night. Okay, and as far as chapter events, that's really all we have definitely plans at this moment we are looking at other things for april such as a panel on violence against women and then also a white ally training so keep an eye out for those and information for all of these events uh, will be on the feminist calendar as well as links to buy tickets or just find out who our panelists are going to be um, that information will be coming from our Facebook page or it will be shared on our Facebook page but will definitely be in the feminist calendar um, for those of you who are on our email list if you're not on our email list um, it's info at mcmdnow.org to get on that list so you can get all of the late breaking news so now just to move into our legislative items that we wanted to tell you about. So a few weeks ago, um, EB2 did discuss how she went to a lobby day for Moms Demand Action for uh, their particular bill, which seeks to remove guns from the hands of convicted domestic violence, uh, or excuse me, convicted domestic abusers. So that bill now has a number. It's SB 1036 and HB 1646. And they also have hearing dates. It will be heard at the Senate Judiciary Proceedings Committee on February 28th. And then it will be heard at the House Judiciary Committee on March 6th. So Moms Demand Action is really looking to pack the room those Senate hearings or, and the House hearings in Annapolis. So if you're interested in going, um, please please reach out to us and we can we can put you in contact with the right people. Um, they will provide you a red t-shirt um, as that is their that their their color, but they really want to pack the room and really show our lawmakers in Annapolis that this is really, really important to the the people of Maryland. And if you're not able to go to the hearing, because um, these things usually do take place in the middle of the day, and we know that's that's hard for some people to get to, um, we will be sending out an action alert, which will let you know how you can um, let the committee know you support the, the these bills. Um, so we're so if you can't make it, don't worry. We will tell you how you can help make a difference for these. And of course. There is always the option of calling your your delegate and your state senator to let them know, hey, please vote yes for this bill. I support this bill. So it's always an option. Um, and then just, just rounding out with some of the other pieces of legislation, and we've talked about all of these before. These are part of the MLAW agenda. So there's Senate Bill 869, Criminal Procedure Motion to Vacate vacate um, human trafficking. So we've talked about this. It's a bill that would vacate convictions for those who are victims of human trafficking. Um, because as we know, many crimes that, that victims of human trafficking commit are really at the behest of their, their pimps or their coercer or, you know, something. So um, this bill would help to vacate some of those convictions so that these people can maybe have a cleaner cleaner slate and move on with their lives um, so that 
That bill, the SB 869, was heard by the Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee on February 21st. So the ask is for people to reach out to your state senators, and I'm sure delegates wouldn't hurt either, but reach out to the state senators and let them know that you support that bill. Um, and then the rest of, we have two more, same ask really, reach out to your state senators and, and delegates and let them know that you support these bills and that they should vote yes. Again, emails work emails work in, in Annapolis. Um, but the second is SB 377, Labor and Employment Pay Scales and Wage History. So this would, this is the bill that would make it illegal for an employer to ask for salary history. Because um, as we know, you know, women are often paid much less than their male counterparts. So if you have to keep reporting your salary history, it, it's based on a lower salary. So you there, it's really hard for women to gain a leg up and receive equal pay and, you know, be have the same footing economically as, as a man. So um, that SB 377 is looking to do away with the requirement of salary history. And then the last bill I'm going to talk about is um, SB 629. And it's also cross-filed in the House as HB 787. So this is the Correctional Facilities um, Pregnant Inmates in Medical Care. So this bill is really just requiring that correctional facilities have a plan in place if they have a pregnant inmate and that they have to provide the pregnant inmate this plan but they, and all this. It's, but they have to have a plan. It has to be provided to... To inmates and it's really the end goal is to help improve w women's health and get these women the care that they need they happen to be incarcerated and pregnant at the same time um, so again if you could reach out to your state representatives and just say hey I support this bill please vote for it that would be fantastic um, and that was all I had. I just want to give a special shout out to the U.S. women's Olympic hockey team for winning gold for the first time in 20 years. Um, and we have a Rockville native, Haley Skrupa. She went to Wooten High School, was on the team, made one shot on goal. But I had to put in my, so good job ladies, and I had to put in my, my Olympic plug there. This will be the last you will hear of this for me for at least another two years. Um, so thanks everyone for sticking with us and we will, we'll talk soon. Have a good week. All right. This is Alyssa again. And to close out Black History Month, this week's Woman of the Week is Alice Allison Dunnigan. Alice was born in Kentucky in 1906. Her mother took in laundry to earn money while caring for the family. Her father was a tobacco sharecropper. Alice was enthusiastic about school even from a young age. When she was four, she attended school one day a week, and she completed all 10 years of school that was allowed for black students in the segregated school system in her hometown of Russellville. By the time she was 13, she was writing one-sentence news items for her hometown paper, the Owensboro Enterprise. Alice married when she was 19, but she soon found that farm life was not what she actually wanted, and she left her husband. She got a job teaching in the local school system, and in her spare time, she took university courses in journalism. While she was teaching her classes, she came to realize that her students knew nothing about the history of African Americans in Kentucky or their contributions to the state. Though she was teaching and also taking classes, 
she still found time to prepare fact sheets for her students so they could learn more about their community's important contributions to the state of Kentucky. The fact sheets were eventually compiled into a manuscript, which was published in 1892, titled The Fascinating Story of Black Kentuckians, Their Heritage and Tradition. In 1936, Alice got a job as a freelance writer for the American Negro Press. While writing, she also managed to take night courses in statistics and economics at Howard University. By 1946, she had taken a job writing for the Chicago Defender and began working full-time at the American Negro Press. Through these jobs, Alice obtained a Capitol Press Pass, which allowed her to cover the goings-on in Congress. These passes were very hard to come by, even for white male reporters, let alone for a woman of color. Alice eventually became the first African American to ever obtain a congressional press pass. In 1948, Alice began covering Harry Truman's campaign for president. She was one of three African Americans and one of two women in the press corps who covered the campaign. Alice used her position to represent her community and keep their issues in the forefront of the conversation in the press room. She often asked questions regarding the budding civil rights movement and the struggles of black America. She also pressed on issues of equal opportunity in Washington, D.C. and segregation in the South. Still, the country wasn't anywhere near as progressive as Alice's journalism, and she was once barred from covering a speech given by President Eisenhower in a whites-only theater. At Senator Robert Taft's funeral, Alice was forced to sit with the servants. In 1960, Alice officially left the American Negro Press Galleries for a full-time position on my man Lyndon Johnson's campaign for the Democratic nomination. She worked for Johnson when he served as president. She worked in government, including in the 1960s, when she served on the President's Committee on Equal Opportunity under Presidents Kennedy and Johnson until her retirement. In her retirement, she wrote a book about her life and published her fact sheets from her days teaching grade school in Kentucky. All right, that is it for Alice, Allison Dunnigan. Uh, we hope you enjoy this week's Woman of the Week, and we will be back with some 52 women, hopefully in the near future. So stick with us, and we hope you have a good week. Bye.